In today's show, we're looking back at all of the news from Thursday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Let's talk news across the NBA before we get into the games from Thursday. Um, I talked about this on the Mailbag Show earlier today, so I can go get more in-depth details of what I think about it over there. But Cam Reddish was traded to the New York Knicks in exchange for Kevin Knox and a draft pick. Um, yeah, what do you do fantasy-wise? i got no problem taking a flyer on Reddish. got no problem taking a flyer on a Hunter or a Bogdanovich or a Herder. All those guys are in a potential situation where their minutes rise. But I think there's also a situation where they all just be, remain as really fringy 12-team league guys, more 14-team league players. Does Reddish go from 23 minutes a night straight to 31 minutes a night? Probably not. Like he's still got to come in there and replace literally nobody in the rotation because Knox wasn't playing. So where do you carve out 30 minutes? Yeah, the 12 or so minutes Quentin Grimes was getting, sure. Do you take minutes off Evan Fournier? Maybe. Alec Burks, perhaps. Quickly, maybe. Like there's no guarantee of gigantic minutes for Reddish. And let's be fair, he's not the best player in the world anyway. In fact, he's not even remotely close to that. Like, he is okay with subpar field goal percentage and it can be a high-usage player, but that's about it. Again, you can take a flyer on these guys. What's the worst you're going to lose? Your worst player? Oh, well. Um, and see where it goes. I think there's probably going to be more value in what happens to the solidification of the role for the Hawks guys. Bogdanovich, Herder, and Hunter. They all can pick up, pick up that slack. Yeah, that doesn't mean that Reddish necessarily gets replaced in the rotation, but his 23 minutes might be replaced by 13 Lou Williams minutes. And the 10 other minutes go to those other three wings. And they get more security in their roles. And more shots get distributed to those players as well. And I think that probably helps him. Whereas Reddish goes from a situation where he's getting the 24 a night to try and to find that 24 minutes in New York. Pull it out of thin air because it doesn't exist because the player wasn't traded away to create those minutes. And then find out where his role sits. And then he's playing under Tom Thibodeau. Now, if Tibbs loves him. He'll play 35 minutes. I really, really doubt that's going to be the case though. The bowl trade was waived due to a failed physical. So, um, yeah, obviously you can uh, move on from bowl. Will he be traded again? I don't know. Maybe. Is he good? Absolutely not. Was there any other team apart from the Pistons, maybe the Thunder, who had the opportunity to give him minutes that may have given him fantasy value? I don't really see who they are. So, yeah, if you picked up bowl as a fly, you can drop him. Damian Lillard, there was more reports say he had the surgery. The timetable is maybe four to six weeks or, or something like that. I still, honestly, if it's me, I'm not buying it that he's playing in this season. We're providing these weird timetables. Do you have the ability with a, help, with a team that is maybe got injuries or COVID absences? Can you afford to stat? If you can stash him in IR, all right, no problem. Do it, right? No worries with that. I just honestly do not think that Damian Lillard is going to come back to a team that's going to be out of playoff contention by them and you know, push through this injury when really it requires surgery and then a lot of rest to get back to normal. And that rest will come by not playing until the start of next season. 
That is my expectation. CJ's wife has had their baby. So again, that they said pre-game today, yeah, we expect him to come back soon. There's still no timetable on it. There's still no, yeah, he'll definitely be back. I'm still, again, I, I recount what I was told, that there is still no guarantee that he plays a meaningful role or even plays for the Blazers again this season. And as I said yesterday, I wouldn't trade CJ off this news. I would hold unless someone wants to give me a top 40 player. Um, and, it, and it just put a bit of doubt into my mind as to where he sits as we move forward. What it might do, the news of CJ maybe returning here, is depress the value of Anthony Simon. So he, he might actually turn into a buy low, missing games plus CJ's return. But I'm still thinking that there is um, an element of risk with CJ in terms of what his numbers look like rest of season and, and where it fits. But again, I'm not... It wasn't the Lillard situation to me. It wasn't a situation where I you know, thought, there's no way this is happening. Please get anything you can for him. That's not how I was viewing the CJ scenario. And we'll see how it all play, plays out. Um, James Wiseman had another surgery on his knee in December. That's why the recovery has taken so long. Good to see that came out eventually. He is not going to help 12-team fantasy leagues this season, probably not even 14-team leagues. Well, Isaac Okoro is ready to return to action. He's, well, he's questionable, so he's going to be back a little bit ahead of schedule. We'll see what that does to Rondo and to Lamar Stevens in that rotation in terms of the playing time that they get. Let's look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Maxi Kleber's up 14% because Porzingis is out once more. Amir Coffey was up 14%, and then allegedly he was on a minutes restriction today, which we found out after the game, so that was sick. Again, his upside's not that high, right? But if you took a flyer on him, give him another game or so and see where it goes. Um, DeAndre Hunter up 12%. Yep, sure. All right, take the flyer, especially with Reddish gone now. Ross up 11%, and Fournier up 11%. Yeah, Terrence Ross, I can see it. Fournier, I'm not really sure on. Okongwu up 11 because Capella is out again. So yes, his last game wasn't very good, but I would stick with him until Capella returns. Uh, Thibel up 10%. I don't really get that. I don't know why Hassan Whiteside as roster percentages up 10%. He's out for COVID. That makes no sense. He is a clear drop. Um, Duncan Robinson up 9%. Not really feeling that one as a massive one, while Tommy Bryant up 6% also. I just think you're going to be dealing with subpar production for the tank for quite a while, and it doesn't necessitate me looking at him as a must-roster player. The top drops over the last 24 hours, Trey Lyles down 26%. Does Bowles' voidance help Lyles? Maybe, but I don't really think so. He had a little run of about four games. Um of being good and then shithouse before and after so I wouldn't worry there Melton down 14% talk about him a little bit more later on uh, Aaron Wiggins down 10 yes Terrence Mann down 10 yes these are 12 team drops JaVale McGee down 9 Chris Duarte down 9 Eric Bledsoe down 7 Nick Batum down 7 Kamalo Anthony down 7 and Hamadou Diallo down 6% all of those guys are 12 team league droppable players you shouldn't be dropping bet online though because they're here to wish you a happy new betting year for 2022 BetOnline is the number one spot for all of your sports wagering action for 2022. So head to the new updated website. It's a new year. It's a new updated site. Or use your mobile device and sign up today using the code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome deposit match bonus. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, or right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all of the fantastic offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's look at games now. First one, the Warriors and the Bucks. Ass kicking, one of many ass kickings on the day. The Bucks win at 113 um, 
well, sorry, 118.99. For the Warriors, Draymond was out. And then in the first minute or couple of minutes, Gary Payton was out with a back issue. So yeah, they struggled. Steph, the slump continues for Steph. He's outside the top 50 over the last two weeks. 12 points on 36%, eight rebounds, four assists, two steals, and two threes. I don't expect Steph, as we mentioned, to be a top two player, top three player rest of season. Top five or top six, sure. Um, bit of a buy low, maybe. Andy Wiggins, 16 points with not much else there. Still not convinced of his role with Clay. And Clay Thompson's doing the thing that I said that we probably would happen. Is that the first games are going to be rough. Players coming back from devastating leg injuries often have issues with efficiency. And Clay shot 27% again. Love that he's back, but we're here to analyze this from a fantasy perspective as well. 21 minutes, 11 points, two threes. Clay has always been a low rebound and low assist guy. He had two and one here. He had a steal and he shot 27%. The reason he was able to be so good at fantasy was be like a 25, 25 points scorer with elite field goals and really high three-pointers made. And that's not happening. And this is why I was against drafting Clay Thompson is that He'd stick in your eye. That's fine. That means you got that spot burnt for months. And then when he comes back, you have to take him out of that. And he's going to be limited with bad field goal percentage and low minutes and resting back-to-backs for a while. And that's what you're going to experience now. Will he get better than this? I have no doubt that he will. But can you survive the shittiness that Clay is providing to your fantasy team in the interim? I can't answer that for you, but you've got to look at that question. Now, Jordan Poole, he's going to get the obligatory Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out! Except tomorrow, Gary Payton will be out and Clay Thompson won't play. So Poole gets a reprieve for Friday's action, and then you can uh, Jack Armstrong him. I thought Jonathan Kaminga looked pretty good in this game, apart from the, the shooting numbers. Um, for 15 and 7 on 19 minutes, 31% shooting is obviously bad, and that's going to be the problem for him long term. But I thought he looked really dynamic and really bouncy. He's not going to have a prolonged role, but I expect that Otto Porter, along with Payton, along with Igadala, and along with Clay, all sit out tomorrow. And that might mean Kaminga gets a spot start. And it might make him a streamer, especially for deeper formats. Keep an eye there. Just interesting. Giannis, I had the over for him on 30 and a half points. He ends with 30 in under 30 minutes. What an asshole. Of course, I'm joking. 12 rebounds, 11 assists, and three blocks. While Middleton had 23, 5, and 7 in 30 minutes. And Punch Bob dropped in 20 and 7 with four triples. Good numbers from those guys. Well, Grayson Allen also had a big game. 15 and 5 with three threes in 27 minutes. But we know the pattern with Grayson. When Drew Holiday returns, he'll probably go back and do nothing. DiVincenzo was held to under 20 minutes. Connaughton played 16 minutes, and neither of those guys need me to tell you that they're Jack Armstrongs, but I'll do it anyway. Get that garbage out of here! Jordan Wara can be dropped 6 and 7 with two steals in his 20 minutes. Just the return of these players and the forthcoming return of Drew Holiday is going to render him. Pretty useless after a nice little stretch of games where he's putting up okay numbers. The Clippers, they were the victim of a blowout as well. The Pelicans get them, 113-89. It's really hard to look at this Clippers uh, box score and go, I'm taking away tons for that. And it's going to happen to a few of these teams. Like Abaka had 10-6 and six with two blocks in 20 minutes. Like, cool stuff. And then Hartenstein comes back and then I don't know where he fits. I'm not adding Abaka. Batum had six and four with three blocks. The three blocks are nice, but he's more of a 14-team league player than anything. Amir Coffey, the Farmers Union, played 26 minutes. He had five assists, but shot 29%. Five, six, and five. They're rough numbers. But as I said earlier, if I did add him, I'll just give this game a bit of a wash and see what happens moving forward. Marcus Morris stunk again, 12 points and 21%. Three rebounds, one assist. Like That's all really rough. 
But if I did add him, he's a stick for me. I'm holding him in 12s. Reggie Jackson, I don't know what to do with him. Five points on 18%, three assists and six rebounds. He's 146th this season. Uh, you don't need to roster him. The role is there, but he's just not a good fantasy producer. I don't know why Eric Bledsoe played only nine minutes, but you can clearly drop him. Three points in those nine minutes. Well, Zubats had six and five, and if it's a Zubats, while he's fine to have as a 12-team league guy, is he actually a 12-team league player? I don't think that he was someone that if I saw on a waiver, I'd go, you guys have lost your mind. Why he's on? is he on the wire? I wouldn't say that. I'd say, oh, okay, fine. I don't think he is that high of an upside player or even that level of current contributor. For the good side of things, Herbalife Jones, 14 and 6, two threes and three steals for the Pelicans, 34 fantasy points, continues a really strong run. He defensive stats, his defensive stats had dropped off a little bit prior to this game. But they're obviously back in this one. While Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas. 18 and 16. Big numbers from uh, Jackson Hayes once again. 16 minutes backing up Valanciunas. 13 and 4. That's on 100% shooting. He had two blocks. Good numbers. Two games in a row of really high scoring. I don't buy it at all. But for a deeper league, he's interesting. And Jose Alvarado has taken the backup point guard job away from Tomas Sadoransky. Four points for Alvarado in 15 minutes. Eight rebounds, four assists, and three steals. That's Patrick Beverly. I don't think he's getting 25 minutes a night, but if he did, I would add him in 12-team leagues. Devontae Graham, he's always going to just obliterate your field goals, 27%, but 13, 6, and 7 are some good counters. Well, it was a bit of a stinker from Josh the Hitman Hart, 12, 5, and 3 on subpar field goals and subpar free throws. He does have that tendency at times to have some field goal percentage issues, but overall, we're still going to hold. We're not going to hold um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, not on your life. Get that garbage out of here! He is the 362nd ranked player over the last two weeks. He had six points with nothing else. He has been terrible this season, like actually horrible, has gone backwards, and doesn't look like an NBA player. Ingram had 24, 5, and 6. Good numbers from Ingram. Solid numbers. Not blowing us away, but really, really solid. He is now the 48th ranked player uh, over the course of the season. Grizzlies didn't play well today. But they still get the win over the, the Wolves, 116-108. That's 11 straight from Memphis. Let's talk about Minnesota. You know, you can't really criticize Towns, Russell, or Edwards too much. Towns had 25-9 and nine with two blocks in 40 minutes. Russell had 29-3-6 with six threes in 35 minutes. Goose had 30 points with five threes and four assists in 38 minutes. Even like Pat Beverly didn't shoot well, three points on 11%, but eight rebounds, six assists, two steals, and two blocks, a must-roster player. Jared Vanderbilt Bar, 13 boards, not much else, but a must roster. Their bench was just atrocious. Malik Beasley is bad, man. Three points in 24 minutes. He's not remotely a 12 or 14 team league player. Jaden McDaniels isn't a 12 team league guy. For all of the flashes that he shows, he's ranked outside the top 220 this year. Four points in 19 minutes. He's not a 12 or a 14 team league guy. Naz Reed was putrid, four points on 13%. Josh Akogi, what, played three minutes? Torian Prince had two points in 10 minutes. The bench was horrible. Without Jalen Noel, they really didn't know what they were doing. And it's wild for me to say that about Jalen Noel, but they absolutely missed him here. Bad loss for the Wolves, who were up big most of this game, and Grizzlies get him in the end. So should we start with the bad? Let's start with the wave pool. De'Anthony Melton, 16 minutes. 7-3-1 with two steals. The two steals are nice. He just cannot shoot. Since coming back from health and safety protocols, he has not gone over 30%. He was right on 30 here. The minutes which when Dylan Brooks has been out in the past, have bumped up. They have not bumped up. 
The reason why he was a must-add player is because we expected the minutes to bump up. The minutes did not bump up. That is three or four games now. Drop him. That's fine. I still believe that over the period that Brooks is out, we won't get these freak performances from guys like Zaire Williams or John Concha, and then Melton will play more and he will play better and he will definitely shoot better. But if you don't want to hold him, I get it. Drop him. It's fine. Speaking of Concha, one of the weirdest players in the NBA. His statistical profile coming out of college was amazing. And he looked at me and me, holy shit, what is this? If he ever gets minutes, he's going to look great. Well, he played 30 of them. He had 15 and 17 with three threes and three assists on 87% shooting. Like he is just a ridiculous player at times. There's not enough minutes on a regular night. And when they are healthy, like there's a chance he doesn't even play because Brooks comes in and has to take away from somebody on the wing and it's probably going to be him. But man, those numbers are crazy. Des Bain, 21 points, four steals and two threes. Excellent, including nine of nine from the line. Jaron Jackson did it again. 20 points, two threes and five blocks. Jackson pushing towards the top 50 now for the season. Well, Ja Morant, not at his best. Hurt his back and had a trip in the locker room. 32 minutes, 16, 8, and 9. But the problem I always had with Jar from a fantasy player was that you don't hit threes, you don't get steals, and your percentages are off. And that's what happened today. No steals, no blocks, no threes, 31%. He's been obviously excellent this season. That, that is not his best game. Brandon Clark, 14 and 8 in 26 minutes. But of course, there's no Steven Adams. So Clark's numbers and Anderson's numbers are going to drop. I think Kyle Anderson's already a 12-team drop. He had 6 and 6 in 23 minutes. While Zaire Williams went from 30 minutes to 18 minutes and had 5 points. And he is only a very, very deep league player. <clears throat> Xavier Tillman struggled 6 points in his 15 minutes. Missed all 4 of his free throws. You would have hoped for a little bit better than that. But yeah, that's cool. He'll be back out of the rotation when Steve Adams returns. But I'll tell you what's not out of the rotation. Philpa. What are you talking about? Siri asking me, Tillman from which team? Who does he... Tillman only plays for the Grizzlies, Siri. Who's Tillman from the Hawks? I think you're lying. Anyway, let's get back to talking about Built Bar because it is the best tasting protein bar ever. It tastes just like a candy bar or Built Bar does. The coconut flavor. It's pretty good. It's not as good as the coconut... Uh, the cookies and cream. That is the goat of flavors. So instead of having your sugary candy bars as a treat, why don't you reach for a delicious protein bar? 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs for Built Bar. And when you go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you can save 15% off your order. You're going to buy boxes, I'm telling you now. They taste so good. So get to Built.com, use the code LOCKED15. Built Bar is built different. Seriously scared the shit out of me there. With that, I don't need you to tell me about uh, Tillman. All right, let's go to the next game. It is another blowout. The Oklahoma City Thunder. They did the blowing. Um, probably needed a giggity there. Giggity. They blew out the Nets 130-109. Shea, the shooting slump is over for now. 33-10-9 with two blocks and two threes. And Lou Dort, daughter, 27 points with six triples. A good shooting night for him too. Also, a good shooting night from Josh Giddy, who is the 22nd ranked player over the last two weeks, Giddy. 19-3-7 with three triples on 50%. He is rolling. Baisley played 20 minutes, had 16 points, and shot well for the second consecutive game. I'm not reading into it too much. I am reading in that Wiggins and Robinson Earl are not 12-team league players. 9-6 for Wigo, 0-4 for Robinson Earl with two blocks. They are like 16-teamers, maybe 14. Um, Trey Mann also, 7-7-4, seven, seven, three steals and a block. Good overall production. There's not enough minutes there for him, but watch in case of a Giddy injury or a Gildas Alexander injury, injury. We might see Mann having some fantasy relevance at some time. Now, for the Nets, I don't really know what to make out here. 
No Durant, no Aldridge, no Claxton, no Irving, no Mills. So they started a lineup that was James Harden, Bruce Brown, DeAndre Bembry, Kessler Edwards, and Dayron Sharp. Harden had 26, 7, and 9 with not a Richie Benno, but three steals, three threes, and three blocks. That's a huge line outside of the 32% shooting. Great stuff from Harden. But everything else, I just don't, I don't think there's anything we take out of it. Kessler Edwards had nine points in 25 minutes. There's a chance he keeps starting. Bembry had four points in 13, like putrid. We got 24 Javon Carter minutes, nine James Johnson minutes, four Blake Griffin, oh, sorry, four Blake Griffin points in 13 minutes. Cam Thomas did well, 21 in 32 minutes, and he is working his way into a solid enough role where deeper leagues need to pay attention. And we actually got Paul Millsap dusted off, eight and 10 with three blocks. But the fantasy relevance of any of this is basically nothing because this, the amount of guys, Durant, Aldridge, Claxton, Mills, all resting, or well, Aldridge has got a sore foot, and Claxton's got a sore hammy, but they're not long-term things. And Irving being out, there's just nothing to take away, I don't think, from... Oh, you hit the wrong button there. Sorry about that. Wow, just a complete hand slip on the mouse. Um, yeah, just the, the takeaway here, there's just nothing much to look at. Um, David Duke, one of his better games, 13 points with three threes, and he might remain as a starter, I don't know. But again, nothing to really impact um, fantasy leagues. All right, so now let's do the last game of the night. <clears throat> Guess what, guys? Another blowout. The Nuggets easily handle the Portland Trailblazers. Final score, 140-108. The Blazers were without Anthony Simons, CJ McCullough, Damian Lillard, Norman Powell, Larry Nance. That literally could be a starting lineup for him. A bit small of a starting lineup, but still one anyway. Ben McLemore, 18 points in 29 minutes, four assists, two steals, and a block. And as long as those guys are out, he's a stream option. And the same goes for Dennis Smith, who had 17, 2, and 8. Rough from the line, but again, Simons is probably out next game too, so Smith is a, is a worthy streamer. Nurk only played 25 minutes. Uh, didn't need to play in the fourth quarter because it was such a large margin. Still put up 10, 8, and 6, but we would have hoped for a little bit more there. While uh, Nasir Little had 14 and 4, and that's solid enough. He's at least, at least a stream option, but not going to be a long-term 12-teamer. And Bobby Covington had 10 and 7 with 4 steals. Still bringing the steals. A little bit of a sell high, I guess, waiting for Nance to return. Top 30 over the last two weeks for Covington. And he will drop off when Nance returns. But uh, this team is just really bad. And they're missing a bunch of players. And <clears throat> that's why they're, they're shutting guys like Lillard down and sending him in for surgery when he should have had it months ago. For the Denver Nuggets. No need to play these guys big minutes. Jokic had 20 and 8 with 7 assists and 2 blocks on 80% shooting. Big game from Faku, 27 minutes, 18 points, 13 assists, 4 steals, and 3 threes. Been talking about him as, as, as an assists and steals streamer all season. He hasn't always delivered, but he's always the guy that you can take that flyer on. There was no Jermichael Green, so Jeff Green started. 19 and 5, 82% shooting. Green has these nights where he goes out, he scores a lot, and he does it on ridiculous shooting. And then the next game, he'll have six points on three shots or something like that. <clears throat> not on three shots, that'd actually be good. Six points on seven shots. Right, do not buy Jeff Green in a 14-team league even. Don't even worry about it. Farton Will Barton had a scary fall. They said he was questionable to return with a neck strain. He had 21 points in his 25 minutes. We hold on to him. While no matter if the Nuggets play well, Aaron Gordon doesn't. He had a good game the other day, but man, 5, 8, and 4 continues to struggle. Is still a really soft 12-team hole, but not great. Well, I don't think Monty Morris is a 12-team must roster. Nine points in 22 minutes with two threes for him. There's also a good game from the big stiffy. Bones Highland dropped in 17 points in his 23 minutes with five triples. It, it does help that Jermichael Green was out, um, but that doesn't really mean that we need to look at him as a long-term 12-team guy. There's still a little bit of water to go under the bridge before he gets to that level. 
let's look at the monstrous line of the night. It is Shea Gildas-Alexander. Your waiver wire is Johnny Concha. Again, nothing to trust there. The minutes are all up and down. Young gun is Goose Anthony Edwards, and your dud is Reggie Jackson, who, again, in some spots, can be dropped. Your top 10 players today, we go number one to Shea Gilgis-Alexander, then James Harden, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic, Carl Anthony Towns, Chris Middleton, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Johnny Conchar, and Des Bain. <clears throat> Your top players available on waiver-wise, Conchar, near deeper leagues, Trey Mann, just a guy to watch, Zeke Naji, no interest, Bruce Brown, no interest, Grayson Allen, deeper leagues, Ben McLemore, yes, a short-term streamer, Jeff Green, only deeper leagues. Paul Millsap, no interest. Jackson Hayes, deeper leagues. And Darius Baisley, a defensive stats streamer. Your top 10 players today in points leagues were Giannis, Harden, Shea, Towns, Campazzo, Jaron Jackson, Jokic, Russell, Ingram, and Chris Middleton. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, give it a thumbs up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.